I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me is Julianne O'Brien, Professor, Chair, Department of Dance, College of Performing Arts at Chapman University. And she recently caught my eye because I read this fantastic article about students connecting with seniors, and I'm not going to give it away. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How long have you been at Chapman? I've been at Chapman for five years. And did you come up with this idea? I did. Um, I teach a dance and education outreach class with a colleague of mine, Jenny Backhouse. Mm -hmm. And we've been teaching it now for five years together. And we always do an outreach project in a community. Um, and usually it's with younger children or children at risk or YMCAs. This year, because of the pandemic, we had to rethink that. So I did come up with the idea of the nursing home residency, and it, it was wonderful. I think we'll continue to do it post-pandemic. When did it take off? When did you first do it? Um, it started the beginning of the term, so the uh, very last week of January. Okay. Yeah. I find it so interesting because I mentioned I'm a fellow with the Age Boom Academy with Columbia uh, School of Journalism and the School of Public Health, and I'm so interested in intergenerational strategies because mm -hmm. I was reading a lot about, you know, you have a generation of very, very lonely students, right? Yes. yes. As you know. Yeah. And by you bridging them with older adults, wow, it's a win-win. It really was. It was a win-win for the older adults. It was a win-win for the students. It was a win-win for the professors. Uh, it was just wonderful. And exactly like you said, it was, it was a great bridge because um, I didn't realize how lonely the students were. I assumed that the elder generation would be lonely, uh, but I think the real loneliness that I was surprised at was a student's level of loneliness. How did you know they were lonely? Did they actually articulate that to you or? No, not to me, but to their, their, um, you know, they became friends to their elder friend. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That is so special. I'm going to share a quick thing with you. When my daughter was 13, she needed to do a community service project. So she decided to work at a retirement home. Well, not work, but she decided to connect with an older adult at a retirement home and spend six months getting to know this woman, just spending time with her. Mm -hmm. And I used to come along because I was very close to my grandmother's and, and I adored this woman, Harriet. Well, we were asked, please don't desert Harriet after she's done. We were with her seven years till she turned oh, 100. That's wonderful. Because that's really what it's all about, right? It's being compassionate and empathetic and caring. And especially right now. Oh, we need it. Yeah. And I think these relationships will last. Uh, I know one pairing, um, the elder was from the Philippines and a student is also, her grandparents were from the Philippines. Wow. And um, she's making, you know, she's introducing her to her grandson. Um, they've really developed relationships that will be long lasting. I have chills. <laughs> that is so touching because, you know, it's, it's been so hard for so many people yeah. in the pandemic. And for you to develop this program, hopefully a prototype. I hope so. Right? I hope so. Yeah. Because it really could be. Yeah. Tell me a little bit how it worked. I posted everything on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And by the way, I wanted you on this show because I thought what better way to get out of a funk than getting to know you and what you're doing. So uh, tell me about how the program worked. Yeah, you know, we, we could only Zoom because of the pandemic. So the students met with the residents of Emerald Court weekly. That was um, part of their homework. They set it up their own schedules whenever they could meet. 
And we talked in the class about questions that we could ask that would you know, help in the connection, help build trust, help build intimacy. Um, so we worked on questions and then of course the conversations just went the way they went as well. Um, and they did that for I think about six weeks. And then they started talking to the seniors about their, their lives and what about their lives would germinate and become something that would eventually be a dance. Uh, and the students took phrases uh, or inspirations from a story and shared them with the seniors. And so there was back and forth on the creative process as well. Mm -hmm. um, so for an example, one amazing story is a hundred year old Holocaust survivor. Um, and the story of uh, fleeing in a boat. And so a student took that gesture of being in a boat and created it, changed the space of it, changed the time of it, you yeah. know, went from low to high. There's all mm -hmm. these, you know, ways to manipulate movement, um, shared it with her, her friend. Um, and they worked on this phrase together. So by the end, there was about six weeks of talking and then three weeks of creating a dance together. Um, we took all these phrases from 17 couples and we created a dance, two dances actually. We combined the phrases, we manipulated the phrases, we, we uh, kind of collaged all of these stories into larger dances. Um, and I think that also that, that idea of not just talking, but of putting stories in movement mm -hmm. also really helps this, this loneliness we're talking about because sometimes people can't really express in words how they're feeling. So yeah. we got really beautiful stories, um, you know, people who were losing their sight and how they felt about that, or mm -hmm. people who were depressed and how they felt about that. Sometimes movement can get to the core of that better yes. than language can. Sure. And perhaps if somebody can't hear very well, look, uh -huh. they have this beautiful performance in front of them. Yeah. You know, did you yeah. help choreograph or did the students come up with their own Design. The students came up with their own phrases that mm -hmm. reflected the story of their senior. Okay. Uh, and then Jenny and I helped choreograph the dance that put yeah. all those together. Incredible. Uh, do you see this? This really could be a pilot going forward. I would love to do this again. I would love to do this again. We were really fortunate to be able by the end of the pandemic in May to go to Emerald Court and perform this live. The students were in masks, the residents were in masks, but I'd love to do this again where we get to go to the nursing home you know, in person and not just on Zoom all the time. Or yeah, maybe yeah. we have a performance in a, on a stage. Um, I'd love to do it again. That's beautiful. The thing that is so touching too is not only helping a younger generation but as people age, they, they don't feel valued. They don't mm -hmm. feel that their stories mean much, that they're not, people don't look at them as social capital. That's a phrase that we've been talking a lot in, our, in the fellowship. And to give people a sense of, wow, my story, my life matters, and I'm gonna touch someone younger and then have that younger person admire what they're bringing to the story, it's, it's just everything. Yeah, one resident told a student of ours, um, the biggest change for her in this process was she started out thinking, well, I, I don't have anything. There's nothing in my life that would be worthy of a dance. Uh, and by the end, she told the student, you know, you've really changed my perception of my life, of how I view my life, and that I do have things to say, and that um, I'm important. And that was, I didn't expect that. And then there's something also about people witnessing your story and then you seeing your story. Yes. See, you know, being revealed yes. to yourself. Yes. Imagine the, 
the uh, the friends of these older adults saying, I didn't know that about that person right. or right. family right. watching saying, I didn't know that about my grandmother, yeah. my grandfather. Yeah. That's, that's just something to capture. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Was it videotaped? Like, can people see this? I, I, it was, I have to ask Kelsey, who was our partner at Emerald Court. I think she videotaped it. Um, yeah. Maybe if you had some snippets to share. Absolutely. People. I think we do. Yeah. How do you feel um, as an intergenerational strategy? Do you feel like, and I'm sure you're going to, I know the answer to this, <laughs> that it helps to reduce loneliness, isolation, and improve mental health? Absolutely. Um, I think that on both sides, and I, I know I was closer to the students, obviously, as their professor, um, I saw it with students, we would have classes and they would come in and they would cry about what, what the elders told them. Um, one thing that stands out just off the tip of my tongue right now is um, a young woman about to graduate, uh, a senior, and she had a conversation with, I think his name was Chuck. Um, and she told him what she was going to do after graduation. And he said to her, get better goals. <laughs> I love it. And it made an impact. And she did. And she's got a job now with the Justice Department. I mean, sometimes it helps to have somebody with that much wisdom, a hundred yes. year old person tell you to get better goals, really sunk in for her. Well, you know, it's hilarious. I'm a parent. If I talk to my daughter and I said, you know, we should do this. And they say, yes. Or they don't want to listen to me, but then right. this total stranger, right? So much wisdom is like, come on, cut that out. You can do yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they, and they, they're not yeah. afraid to say what they think, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's really great for students because I think sometimes with their peers and you know maybe even parents who they're not listening to anymore, mm -hmm. I think they're around people who might be afraid to say what they think. <laughs> right, exactly, and you know, also if they don't have a grandparent in their life yes. or they don't have a um, a strong relationship with that grandparent, even this person being that blunt is kind of a reality check, you know? Yeah. 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 And you need that. I mean, we all need that. Right. They'll never forget it. They'll never nope. forget that advice. Nope. Amazing. Yeah. That'll stick with them. Yeah. Are, has Chapman ever done something like this before in other departments as far as intergenerational? Yes. Um, I know that um, a former colleague of mine was a physics professor at Chapman, and she um, used her students in a physics class, and then they taught the physics concepts to the elders at Emerald Court. And that's actually how I got the connection and the contact information through Stephanie Bailey, who um, was a physics professor at Chapman. That is great. Yeah, yeah she's um, great. Any advice for people that want to create these intergenerational strategies, things maybe you learned in doing it? Yeah, first of all, um, I think there's a real need and there was a real response. Um, mm -hmm. I actually reached out to two places and everybody I reached out to was really willing. So I think my first, uh, you know, advice is it's easy. I think, you know, as soon as you reach out, people are dying to connect. Yes. Um, they're really dying to connect. Um, so it's easy. Um, Kelsey was wonderful to work with. Um, I think it did help to have a place for the students to reflect and come up with questions and process what was going on. So I would advise some kind of, of you know, group talk as well. Um, but it, you know, it just kind of took on its own steam and um, yeah, it was, was, it had a sense of ease to it. Well, I think people are so 
they're craving connection. Mm -hmm. And when you have this younger generation that has never experienced anything like this before with the school being remote and being isolated and missing these milestones, to take them away and do this ultimate act of kindness Mm -hmm. is everything. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really had an impact. Yeah, that's wonderful. If people want to know more about you and the program, is, is there information they could find? Oh, sure. They could always email me. Um, I, I could send you that or I could. Okay. You tell can you tell us email. now and I can put it on sure. my blog. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My email is um, J-O-B-R-I-E-N okay. at chapman.edu. Okay. And one last thing, long-term, what do you see as the benefits to this if other people start doing these things with um, intergenerational strategies? I I think there's um, a benefit towards our younger generation actually knowing history. Mm. Um, They didn't, you know, they didn't really know um, as deeply about Japanese internment camps and the Holocaust. And um, one woman had gotten her pilot's, you know, license and how difficult that was back in the thirties. I think it's an amazing um, deepening of your knowledge of history for the younger generation. Um, I think it's also a connection to people that um, some of our students, you know, their grandparents are 80, um, but they never, they had never talked to somebody over 90. Um, So that also was, was opening for them. Um, And then of course the emotional benefits that we've talked a lot about um, that will, that will continue. Uh, that they have somebody in their life for one student that reminds them of their grandparents that they didn't get to know well enough who came from the Philippines. Um, or, you know, somebody in your life who's going to tell you like it is. Um, yes. we, need, we, need, we need those connections. And I think a college can be isolating at times. And you're only around your peers. You're only around 20-year-olds or your professors who, you know, maybe they're 60 or 70. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Um, so I think there, you know, there are really um, great benefits in terms of historic knowledge, in terms of emotional connection, in terms of confidence. I saw our, our students gain confidence in, in also their stories and that stories are important and that, you know, sharing stories is, is, a, is an impactful act. I think also if I can get on my soap pedestal here, please, is that an expression? Soapbox, whatever. Soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, in this age of um, distraction and electronics and Zoom, I think we often forget how to listen. Mm. So it was a real wonderful experience in teaching students how to listen in reteaching myself how to listen, how to be present for other people. I think that's a skill that... Um, you know, we, we tend to lose. Oh yes. And that is such an important part of what we need to learn from this. Mm -hmm. You know, the one thing I was also going to say is there's so much ageism Mm -hmm. for for all different ages, younger and especially older. I feel like we have to break that, break that down, break it apart at a young age. And by doing what you did, I think people, you know, the younger generation can see how valuable and wonderful and special it is to not look at someone who's 70, 80, 90 as someone that has nothing to offer them. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think in the dance world where I come from, there's an especially heightened sense of ageism. You don't see people on stage over 30. Um, And so one thing I'd like to do uh, past the pandemic is, is dance with the residents 
that they, you know, can have a dance, a person oh, in a wheelchair wow. doing a duet with a 20 year old Yes, um, and get rid of that physical ageism as well. That would be amazing. I'd love that. Yeah. You have to keep me posted. Okay. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> Well, Julianne, I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thank you for reaching out. It's nice talking with you. You too. So special. Thanks so much. Bye.